one of us and uh, to the prerequisite to qualify for this part of the show where we walk down memory uh, memory lane, we turn back time and uh, we have a look at where are they now. Before I introduce this fella, great fella, good mate and uh, here's a few clues. He, he played for New South Wales, uh, he won a Dalian medal, in fact I think he might have even won two. He won a couple of premierships with Canterbury Bulldogs in the 80s. He played a hundred games or so with St George Dragons. He spent about six years in the UK coaching at I think three different Super League clubs. He was uh, then a coach at the West Tigers about six or seven years ago. Do you know who we're talking about yet? Well, he's on the line now. It's a very warm welcome to higher ground, Mick Potter. How are you, buddy? Chris, going really good. Going really good. These days, uh, you're coaching out there at Mounties, and we'll talk more about that uh, in a moment. You're coming off a good win at the weekend. Uh, you, though, bud, you've been in and around rugby league for, well, decades and decades and decades. It's in your blood. It's, it's, what, it's what you love. Um, you're, you're enjoying your coaching, obviously, and, and you spent a long time in, in England. Uh, also, that time at, at West Tigers didn't go, I guess, as you would have planned, but Coaching back with the New South Wales Cup now, it's all going good? Yeah, no, I'm enjoying my time out there. There's some real good people there, and uh, it's, it's, not, um, it's not as intense as the NRL, obviously, because they, they're all part-time. and uh, really enjoy the, the, uh, working with the players, and, and uh, after, after a day's work, they all come in, and they all, uh, they all do their best for, for those couple of hours they're there. And you've got to admire those, those guys that, that really... That, that make those efforts over and above what they do at work. And, you know, there's still aspiring. There's a lot of aspiring players there to, to try and still cut the grade. And, and you know, I'm sure some of them will get there and uh, if they keep persevering. So Mounties Club, uh, um, it, I'll let, let our listeners know, so it's a feeder club through to Canterbury. Now, you spent about five or six years at Canterbury. You won a couple of premierships there. It's a, it's a club... I'm sure you've still got some very dear friendships through your days at Canterbury. So it's nice that uh, you still have close links with the club. Your days back at Canterbury, Mick, um, they were the good old days. The game's very different nowadays. You won a couple of premierships, and uh, obviously, w- without saying goes without saying, they those two premierships were, were Im- among your career highlights. Yeah, most definitely, and uh, I was I was only in my uh, second year of grade when I was at when I was at Canterbury, on, and um, they won the won the comp in '84 and '85, and it was uh, it was great to be associated with that that sort of team. They were tough and they were they were hardened hardened forwards and and had some very skillful backs on it. And uh, Terry Lamb was great to play with Steve Mortimer and uh, and uh, the other Mortimers again. They were just a great bunch of blokes and, and good men and, and a lot of the guys still still had jobs back then and uh, some of them um, were just starting to, to get a little bit more professional and uh, but everyone still enjoyed a drink back then. 
Canterbury uh, back then obviously was was really known as as the family club. They were the entertainers. Uh, you were there at fullback, so so you came into the Bulldogs um, fresh out of school. I, I would have imagined from uh, St Greg's Campbelltown. Yeah, I was I was at St Greg's for a couple of years. Now I, I spent a I spent one season out out at the Oaks in Group Six, mm. and and just just I was I was playing five eight out there and. And um, enjoying my time there with some some really good players. I enjoyed my time there in, uh, at the Oaks, and and that's that's I had a season there, and then that's when I got picked up from uh, from Bullfrog and uh, Punchy. You mentioned um, a few uh, a few you know, big names uh, there, and Terry Lamb, obviously. Uh, who would you say, Mick, um, of all your your former teammates, who who would you say you, you think had the, had the most influence on your career? I'd, I'd probably have to say uh, Greg Brennell, really. Uh, just he sort of launched my my time at, as as a fullback, really, and and I had to really uh, ask him a heap of questions about about fullback play, and you know he's, he's, he had a Aussie rules background, and and just being able to uh, anticipate where where a kick was going, follow the ball, and just just um, have have some anticipation on on your positional play, and and he was he was. You know, valuable then for me, and uh, again, just throwing myself into that position was was um, new to me, and uh, you know, just at that particular time was was just so valuable. After that, probably probably Terry and and you know the centres and wingers uh, again, they they all played their part in in helping me progress my game. You were uh, from memory, mate, and obviously we spent a bit of time together over at the Perth Reds. Uh, we'll talk about them in a bit as well. But um, our, uh, my memories of you, and uh, I used to, you know, go to Belmore so often, and I was, you know, a Parramatta fan. But um, I marvelled at some of the stuff you did as as a fullback, and I just remember the way you used to cover so much territory effortlessly. It seemed across the ground. You knew you knew where to be. You had an innate sense of where to pop up at the very right time, and 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 that's what the modern day fullback role is is all about. And you must sit back today, I, I imagine, Mick, and marvel at some of the uh, the number ones we, we've got in the game. By gee, we got some good players wearing the one on their back. Yeah, we we have certainly, and uh, I, I was I was probably only a few years, a few years ago saying that Billy Slater. I don't think there'd be anyone better than Billy Slater, but. Yeah. But geez, there's some fullbacks coming through with with Tedesco and Trebojevic and and Pappenhausen. Uh, just uh, there's just a plethora of, of fullbacks, and they're they're so good, they're so athletic. They've got such endurance to be able to cover territory, but but be in numerous plays one after the other. It's the number one, uh, quite literally. It's the number one spot these days, isn't it, fullback? And uh, they're the big money earners too. Um, and you look at the New South Wales team, which has you know, been announced, and there's there's three fullbacks really in that back line with Teddy at the back, and then Latrell and uh, Tommy Turbo playing out of position, if you like, in the centres. Um, are you a fan of, of having players play out of out of position? You, you think Latrell and and Turbo will get the job done there, or do you think maybe the Blues should have maybe partic- uh, picked some specialist centres? Well, I, I think. I think Freddie's done the right thing. I think you just pick your best players, and mm. and Latrell's had plenty of experience as, as a centre, and and uh, Trebojevic as, as well has, has played quite a bit of centre. And you know he'll he'll they'll, they'll both have their times where they'll have their, their special plays where they'll get to rove anyway, and it might be a little bit like it used to be where you 
you'd be able to rove around and and you want to utilize those those assets that you have in your team and you know I think I think that's that's best best for New South Wales and you know I I quite admire what what Freddie's done there I think that's that's good. Mm. You um I believe you caught up with some old boys during the week. Um Warren Ryan amongst them who else was there? Uh Peter Tunks um we had uh, Paul Langmack actually organised it, and, mm. and Daryl, the big man, Daryl Broman was there, and um, who else was there? Uh, Andrew Farrah. Pop, uh, yeah. Uh, um, Paul Dunn was there. Uh, Joey Thomas. It was uh, it was just a little get together, and we 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 chatted about about footy now, and uh, sure enough, uh, Warren Warren did uh, did have the beer glasses uh, lined up in a line, and. Um, was talking about creating space and how yes. to how to utilise space and and time and yeah. and um, yeah that was it was quite good instead of having a whiteboard going we had the had the beer glasses on the table <laughs> I like it he he's a he's such a, a smart man Warren right and I was lucky enough to spend a few years underneath him you know I was playing mostly Reggie's out there at Campbelltown at the Magpies but he taught me so much and um, I know he taught a lot of you know a lot of those Canterbury boys that came out to West Magpies as well. They learnt so much from Warren Ryan. And you know what, Potsy, I reckon today a lot of the modern-day coaches, including the, the greats, you know, like your Craig Bellamy's, a lot of that stems from, from some of the stuff that Warren Ryan was talking about 20 and 30 years ago. Yes, and and uh, the re- you, you think back to when, when Warren was, was in charge and the resources he had available to him to compared to the resources mm. that, that full-time coaches have now is... is so much less, and and he still got so much out of the players with uh, with the way he spoke, and everyone everyone used to hang on on every word, and mm. and he was he was quite precise in his uh, in his with his words about demanding demanding standards back then, and the, the, there wasn't all um, team goals necessarily written up on the on the board and game plans written down on sheets of paper. And, it was um, it was all done out of training on the field, and uh, you had to make sure that you listened because uh, you didn't have any reference point other than other than what was said on the, at the time. Mm. And uh, yes, he, he did. He was a wise man. Yeah, and if, oh, he's a wise man. Yeah, still, he so. still is. And if you got it wrong, uh, he'd let you know about it too. I, I do. I do recall that. Um, you must have played. Well, I know you've played under some really good coaches different styles of coaches, which coach had the most influence on you? Well, it was probably Warren initially because I was, I was, I was young coming into, into grade and he probably was the most influential. And I, I did quite enjoy uh, working under Brian Smith as well. And, and also uh, spent, spent a couple of years with um, David Wake when I first went over to France mm. with the Catalans and, um, uh, he was he was coaching director over there. So again, another another time in in um, in Super League where again the resources were limited. But but certainly David Waite is uh, again he's a he's a bit of a prodigy of Warren Ryan and as is probably Smitty as well. So yeah. it all it all stems back to that. And I think uh, Warren's done a lot of good for the game. Yeah, some clever men there, no doubt. We uh, we met really and spent a couple of years together over there at Western Reds, uh, the Perth Reds in the in the mid nineties. Sadly, the club's no longer around. We had some good times over there, and uh, no regrets 
whatsoever from me, and, and I know you would probably share the same, other than the fact the club's no longer. Talk of expansion, and uh, obviously uh, another club is going to come into into Brisbane, we believe. Um, would, you, would you like to see, do you, do you think a club in WA can and should succeed in the future? I can't see a reason why it won't. The, uh, we we average quite a quite a substantial crowd every 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 second week that we played over there, and and there's a lot of expat uh, eastern state uh, people over there, and it's a great place to live, and they love their sport. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the the number one sport um, over there, like like Melbourne's not, but but it's very capable of supporting a rugby league team, and they do love their footy there. And uh, they'd come out in droves to watch it, and it'd be a success, no doubt. I reckon it would too. Back home, then New South Wales Cup. Um, you're coaching Mounties, a very, a very strong um, rugby league club in in Western Sydney. You had a very good win at the weekend, huh? You must be happy with that. Uh, toppling the Panthers, and they they had previously not been beaten this season. Yeah, it was. Uh, we'd we'd been threatening to. Uh, have a good win for quite a few weeks, but we, uh, we our, our discipline and uh, and errors and you know just just kept um, kneecapping us and we just kept stumbling over ourselves and it, it's not it's not a lack of talent or a lack of effort it's, uh, it's just a few little areas that we that we finally fixed up and and got it right a lot more than we got it wrong and uh, the the guys that their their effort every week. To try and to try and get a victory has is, is, is been you know outstanding. I I I really admire the players that that they have there, and um, you know that they, they did they got the job done, and it's yeah it's a, it'll be another battle in, in a week's time. So uh, I'm I'm very happy for them. Yeah, it's uh, I can tell you you're proud of it, of what they've done. Must be difficult for you. You, you obviously, as I said, uh, Mounties a feeder club to Canterbury. Canterbury not going too well this season. Let's hope that does improve. Um, no doubt you've got a good uh, a good working relationship with with Bulldogs coach Trent Barrett. But your job, obviously, you'd like to win some games, but you've got players coming um, coming back and others going up, and it must be difficult to prepare. Um, but one of your jobs is to prepare players uh, for Trent players that can go up in into first grade huh well that's right yeah and and again if the if the the team below is, is winning it, it puts more pressure on the uh, on the team above to to make sure they they have the best efforts I saw a, a couple yeah. of a glimpse of Tui Katoa at the weekend uh, he's quite a player he's scored a couple of very nice tries and uh, he, he, they won't just walk overs. They, he had some work to do to beat some people, and uh, he did that. And he's a good finisher. Most of the boys then would be, I, I imagine, just sort of part-time footballers. Would that be right, Potsy? In your in your team, they got jobs as well. Yes, just probably uh, we probably have about uh, probably about fifteen you know, guys that that easily could play uh, Canterbury Cup that are part-timers, and they all they all work and anything from. From roofers to school teachers, um, there's not too many other professions. A lot of a lot of tradies, and uh, some of the guys come in just filthy dirty. They actually have to have a shower before they even start training at thirty. Well, that was the old so, days. Uh, that, that was like the olden days, wasn't it? I mean, the eighties and nineties. Yeah, yeah, everyone everyone had a job. I mean, you'd train Tuesdays and Thursdays, yeah. and away you go. Uh, any names we should look out for coming through Mounties that that might get a crack this year? 
I uh, yeah no I, I'm not prepared to give give because I, I do an injustice to someone else if I name someone but but I, I do love love their effort and I I just love how they just they put in as much as they can and uh, and yeah there's you you could look at a lot worse teams than than the Mounties to recruit from I, I just you know, if there's any any people that are out there you know looking looking for players there's there's quite a few here. I think you're seventh now on the ladder. So what's the aim? Uh, what's the aim for the rest of the season now? Well, <laughs> I don't look too far forward. I, I, you look too far forward, yeah. you get uh, you get mixed up. So I, I just worry about the next game, and uh, that, that's all I do. Just, just worry about next weekend, and you know all the other stuff will sort itself out. I'm, I'm not too bothered about about those those long term goals, and they, they'll come if they deserve it. Can I ask you before you go um, the the head contact crackdown? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, do you think the NRL have got it right? Do you think there's room for improvement or what? I, I think they I think they're doing a, doing a good job, but it seems to be a little bit spasmodic in in how they adjudicate some some calls. But but certainly we've got to protect our players. And and hitting him in the head is is not the right thing to do. And sometimes it's accidental because it is a contact sport. And sometimes you got you got two big men standing in in front, or or they close the space on on a smaller guy, and he leads with his head. Some well, that's incidental. You you can't do nothing about that. You, mm. you can't let the guy run through. But but you know I'm all for where where guys are lunging at heads and and swinging arms and all that. That that's got to be taken out of the game because. As you know, it's 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 people getting knocked out. That's that's not a good scene. Mm. All right, buddy. I appreciate that you're spending a bit of time with me, and uh, we must do it uh, a little more often in future. Uh, I know you've got a reunion with the old Western Reds players up there on the Gold Coast. I won't give away that date. You've also got a St Greg's College reunion coming up as well. So um, a couple of busy dates in in your diary. Enjoy yourself, mate, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, a few old guys getting together. <laughs> Have fun, buddy. I appreciate your time. Okay. There he is, Thanks, Mick mate. Potter. Thanks. Mick Potter. What a what a wonderful fella. Um, he really is a good fella, and boy, couldn't he play. And great to have him uh, joining us on Higher Ground.